Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Worshiping and getting ready for church this morning, I heard the word uh, prepare the way. And you know, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus to come on the scene. And I believe your generation is preparing the way for Jesus to come back. And so how very exciting to have someone in the house that has said, you know what, God's called me to preach. I'm going to give everything. I'm going to lay down everything to pursue the call of God on my life. So Tanner is going to bring us a word today. And so I don't know, but you guys are kind of um, experiencing some really awesome history right now, okay? Very first sermon, Tanner Brady. And it's not going to be the last. I think it's going to be the the one of thousands that you're going to preach. So Tanner, thank you so much. Let's give Tanner a hand. Thank you so much. Bring us the word, bro. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be a weirdo and move this stand back over and preach from this this morning. Okay. Well, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. I'm so excited this morning to be able to give you this message. Um, Just in this season and in this new year, I really feel like the Lord's just stirring in me a desire to pray. Um, Not only just a desire to get to know Him more, to get to just develop deeper intimacy with them, but also just to begin to pray with them and to communicate with them. Um, now, obviously, you can tell that I'm not Pastor Jason. Um, you can probably tell by the skinny blue jeans or the lots of hair. Um, he going to hurt me. <laughs> no facial hair, though, so he's got me beat there um, yet. But, no, I'm so excited to be able to give you this message this morning, and it's really just been something that throughout these past few weeks as I've been in preparation, just the Lord's just been speaking to me and preparing the way for me to give you this message. Um, So the title of this message that I want to give you this morning is called this, Constant Communication. So if you're writing, if you've got something to write notes on, then I encourage you to write notes, or if your handwriting is about as bad as mine, is when you're like kind of sitting and like your handwriting just goes, <laughs> then you can, I encourage you to write notes on your phone. Um, how many of you know that we're supposed to be a people of prayer? That we're supposed to be a people who not only go to God when it's our timing and when we feel like it, that not only come to Him when we really, really think we need Him, when we're going through something that we just need Him. Like we're supposed to go to Him in those times, but that's not the only time that we're supposed to go to Him. That prayer is simply not just me coming to him when I need him, but also that it's me coming to him whenever, any time that I need him. Not just really when I really, 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 really need him, but also coming to him just any time throughout the day. And so I want to give you the definition of prayer this morning, or one of my definitions of prayer. Prayer is simply defined as this, a simple way of communication with God. So it's simply me coming to him and talking to my father. 
It's me coming to him and talking to him about anything that's really on my heart. Anything that I'm struggling with, anything that's in my mind that I just want to present to him, anything that I can think of, coming to him and having a conversation with him. It's as simple as me just coming to him while I'm driving on the road. Now, obviously not closing my eyes, because um, that's very dangerous. Don't, I don't re- recommend that. Don't, don't take your advice from me to close your eyes on the road. But just coming to him and talking to him. Um, it isn't some sort of communication that has to be exactly formal in which we have to come to him and pray at least 30 minutes. And if we don't pray 30 minutes, if we pray 29 minutes, then he's not going to hear our prayer, and he's not going to hear what we're saying to him, and he's going to look down on us. That's not what prayer is. It's not a form of communication where I have to use a specific language that I have to use a King James Version language, and I have to talk to him in hears and thous and dies, and if I don't, then he doesn't hear my prayer. It isn't meant to be flashy. It doesn't have to be something, and it, doesn't, it isn't something that we do to impress others. It isn't something that we do to try to impress the Lord, but rather it's something that we do because we need communication with him. If there's no communication, then there's no relationship. So, because communication is what builds relationship. All of us in here have some sort of relationship with one another. It can be brother, sister, mother, dad, son, friends, family, whatever it may be. I'll just use Andy as an example because he's my brother and I can pick on him. Love you, buddy. But if me and Andy, (laughs) he's looking at me crazy, if me and Andy did not talk, if we never had communication with one another, which at times does happen. But if we never did talk, if we never did know each other, well, obviously we know each other, but if we never got to know each other, if he stayed in his room all the time and never talked to me, and I stayed in my room all the time and never talked to him, then there would be no relationship there. There would be no connection. I wouldn't know what he likes. I wouldn't know what he believes. I wouldn't know what he likes to do, what he likes to eat, what he likes to drink, what just the simple things, but also the big things. So in the same way, the Lord desires communication with us so that we can get to know him better, so that we begin to have deeper relationship with him and that we just begin to abide in the way that he's called each and every one of us to live. So if prayer is our form of communication, which it is because prayer is communication, and we simply don't pray to him, then it's never going to be a relationship in which we're able to grow. No matter how much, like, I really want to grow, no matter how much that I really want to begin to long to understand more of God and understand more of his word, if I'm not simply communicating with him, and if I'm not allowing him to communicate with me, then I'm never going, it's never going to be a relationship in which I grow. It's the same thing with me and Andy. If I never talk to him and he never communicates with me, then that relationship will either fizzle out because there's no communication or it won't even develop develop because we don't have communication with one another. So if we're if we think let's see we have we know we have relationship with one another. So we also have relationship with the Father in which we're supposed to seek him in our prayers and in our time to hear from him. Because the communication line to the Lord isn't something that we do and isn't something that we it enters when we come into the church. It isn't something that, like, as soon as we come through those glass doors, that all of a sudden we have four bars of service. That we, that as soon as I step into the church, as soon as I step into my seat right there, that I have four bars of service, that I'm able to hear the Lord, that I'm able to talk to him, that I'm able to just hear everything that he has for me for, that, for the hour and a half that I'm in here. But as soon as I exit those doors, 
it goes back to no service. That, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is simply recognizing that his presence is all around me wherever I go, that I'm able to call on him whenever I need to, whenever I desire to, whenever he desires to hear from me. That's when, I begin, when we begin to recognize that prayer is simply not something that we just do in the church, but rather it's something, it's a lifestyle that we live by. It's as simple as doing this. It's as, it's as simple as beep, okay, hold on. Beep, boop, bop, bop, beep, beep, 1-800-HEAVEN. Hey, Lord. Or... You gotta love examples sometimes. Hey Jesus, God, that was loud. Y'all excuse my horrible ringtone. Apple does not make the best ringtones, and I'm too poor to afford to actually de- a- a- afford a actually decent ringtone. But that's what prayer is. It's simply knowing that I'm able to call on God and to pray to Him whenever I need to, and whenever I want to, and knowing that I'm able to come to Him. But also, yes, thank you. I knew I'd forget something. Nick's amazing. Can we give Nick a hand? But also knowing that prayer isn't just a one-way street in which I talk to him all the time, but rather it's a two-way street in which as, as much time as I'm giving to him, I should be ready to receive what he's ready to give to me. And so I want to talk to you this morning about three things that prayer opens us up to do. Um, I think Scott's going to put these up on, the, up on the screen and up on the TV, but it's something that as I begin to prepare for this message, the Lord just really laid on my heart to share with you in what prayer does for us. So the first thing that prayer does for us is this. Prayer opens us up to desiring and seeking his word. Let me get water break, not coffee break. I haven't graduated the coffee yet. <laughs> one day. Jude said one day. Um, have you ever really wanted to do something, but you don't really know how to do it? Like, okay, maybe it's putting something together, or maybe it's building something, or maybe it's just, you know, having, do, just doing this one thing that you really, really, really want to do, but you just don't know how to do it. Okay, so I'll share with you something that, like, I really, really, really want to do, but I don't know how to do it, and that would be cooking. Um, now, okay, before I go any further, this is coming from the man that didn't know how to cook eggs until about six months ago. Um, thanks, Mom. But, like, I really, really, really want to know how to cook. I really, really, really want to know how to cook and be able to eat good food. Because one day I ain't going to have mama and I'm going to have my own house and we're going to be living on ramen and McDonald's. Because um, I'm serious. If there was a way to boil, or not boil water, if there was a way to burn water, I'm pretty sure I could figure out how to do it. Okay. The, the common sense isn't much in here, but especially when it comes to food, it ain't, it ain't all that present. But um, if, let's just, say, let's just say this, I really, really want to learn how to cook, but I don't know how to. So I'll just use mom as an example. Oh, she's shaking her head. <laughs> okay, so let's just say mom, it's Thanksgiving dinner, and mom's not going to be able to make her famous mac and cheese. I say famous because it's amazing. Try it. You should, you, should, you should really, really try it. Um, it will change your life. Okay, so I get stuck with making the mac and cheese for the Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know how to make mac and cheese. I know what it looks like. I know how it tastes, but I don't know how to make it. So I put a few ingredients. I try to put it together and see how it's put together. I try to put what do it based on what it looks 
and it just comes out of something like hash brown casserole. Um, it doesn't taste as good as hash brown casserole, obviously. But if you give me an instruction book, if you give me a cookbook to know how to follow that, to know how to follow the recipe, then the first time I make it, it might not be the best. It probably won't. It'll probably get burnt. But as I begin to take, as I begin to like take step by step by step, and I begin to do it over and over and over again, then I'll begin to learn how to make mac and cheese. I'll begin to learn the way in which I'm supposed to do it. I'll begin to learn exactly how I'm supposed to do it, exactly how fast I'm supposed to take it out to where it tastes amazing. And so I feel like sometimes that's the same thing with us in our spiritual lives to where we want to do good. Like we want to speak in the right way, that we want to love like Christ has called us to love, that we want to have a passion for him, to live our lives for him, that we want to not submit to, that we want to overcome temptation. But rather we don't know how to, or we don't know the, we we don't have the wisdom to. So I'm going to give you something. I wrote, I wrote it down like this, and I, I really think it's, it really just hit home with me. I wrote it down like this. Wisdom cannot begin to fill and transform a mind that does not pray for it and is unwilling to take the time to seek it. So wisdom, God's word, wisdom and knowledge, what's in his word, the hidden tre- his word is hidden treasure to us. But as we begin to seek it, as we begin to long for more of it, then it begins to be something that fills our hearts. But it cannot fill our hearts. We, we can want to, as much as we want to do the right thing, as much as we want to serve how he's called us to serve, as much as we want to do what he's called us to do, we can't simply do it if we don't know the way in which he's called us to do it. So wisdom can't fill my mind. It can't transform my mind if I'm not praying for it, if I'm not in communication with him. If I'm not asking him to speak to me through his word, then his word's never going to be something that applies to my heart. I might even be, and there's times where I might even begin to know his word, but I won't apply his word. So if I'm not praying for it and I'm unwilling to take the time to seek it, meaning that, you know, I, there, we have 24 hours in a day. There's times where we feel like we have no time. There's times where we feel like, you know, we get home and, I just don't have time to seek God's word. Well, as much as I want to do the right thing, as much as I want to live my life for Christ, if I'm not taking that time, then I'm not going to do it. If I'm not taking time to search his word, if I'm not taking time to learn more of who he is, to pray to him, to communicate to him, to allow him to communicate with me, then it's not going to be a relationship in which we begin, I begin to grow. Um, so if I'm unwilling to pray for it, or if I don't pray for it and I'm unwilling to take the time to seek it, no matter how much I really, really want to develop, no matter how much I want to begin to just live in the way that he's called me to, I'm never going to. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, turn with, turn with me to 2 Timothy 3. I was about to say 2 Timothy, I was about to say 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, and we're going to start in verse 14. So we see in this letter that Paul's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. He says in verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know, you know those who taught you, 
And you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, can you go back to that, Scott? Okay, so thanks. Okay, so we see in God's word that his word provides us wisdom, that it provides us knowledge, that it gives us the way in which we're supposed to live. It gives us wisdom to apply to our lives, to not only know, but to also do, to not also to not only just hide in our heart, but also apply to our heart. It gives us wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. He goes on to say that all Scripture is inspired by God. So he says right there, all Scripture. It's not just the New Testament, but it's also the Old Testament. So he says all Scripture is inspired by God. It's not just scripture that we want to pick and choose. It's not just scripture that applies maybe to the times we're living in. It's not just scripture that people might tell us is right and tell us is wrong. But rather it says all scripture is inspired by God. That means that God placed his word in vessels like David. That he gave his word to vessels like Moses. That he gave his word to vessels like Paul. So that the spirit may move upon them to convey his word onto paper so that we may have his word as his truth and we, that we may begin to understand his truth. And he says this, he says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. That means it serves a purpose, that scripture serves its purpose. That I think in Isaiah it tells us that the, uh, what's it say? The word of the Lord leaves, the, the word of the Lord leaves the mouth, but leaves the mouth of God, but never comes back empty meaning that God's word has been given to us, and it serves its purpose. It serves its purpose for four things. It serves its purpose for teaching. That means it serves its purpose for instructing us in the way in which we're supposed to live. It teaches us that we're to build every aspect on truth, not just a belief that we derive from something that comes into conflict with that, but rather we're supposed to build our lives on his truth. It says it's profitable for rebuking, which is that it's pointing out areas that come into conflict with the truth. Because if it's not truth, if it's not in there, then it's obviously not what we're supposed to live by. It says, for correcting, that is, that presenting, it presents us with truth. It presents us with truth to rectify a lie that we might believe. It rectifies that that which we might have once believed in our lives that we were trying to, uh, what's the word? We were trying to live for the flesh, but instead it presents us with new life, and it presents us with his wisdom that can begin to apply to our lives. And it says, for training in righteousness, that means that we, only not, we not only know God's word, but we also apply God's word. So these four things, Scripture teaches us, Scripture is useful for rebuking, it is profitable for correcting, and it's profitable for training. So that Why? Verse, verse 17 goes on to tell us, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the definition of equip is this, is to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. So all of this, all scripture, this useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness is used to equip us to serve the purpose that he's called us to live. That it's useful 
for us to begin to run to the purpose that he's called us for. It's useful for us to go out into the world and make disciples, to reach others through proclaiming our love for him in the world. I'm going to take a water break. And so a lot of times I think we lose sight of this sometimes because we try to base a decision or we try to base our truth off a temporary emotion. Meaning sometimes that we let feelings be the basis for what we believe. We let feelings decide everything that comes into our hearts as truth. Meaning that if I'm feeling it today, if I'm really like, if my emotions are telling me this, then it's what I'm going to believe today. But if my emotions are telling me this tomorrow, then it's what I'm going to believe tomorrow. And so when feelings and emotions begin to be what we base truth in, then it's always going to be a belief that's wavering. It's always going to be a belief that's unstable, that's never secure, that's never rooted in actual truth because it's going along with our emotions. Because we're all going to have high emotions at times. We're all going to have low emotions at times. We're all going to have high highs and lows throughout the day. But rather, we know that our truth doesn't stem from that, but rather it stems from the Word of God. That it stems that we maybe search His Word for what we should apply to our hearts. So prayer opens us up to desiring and seeking his word. The second thing that prayer does is this. Prayer opens our ears to hear the Holy Spirit. I'm looking at Terry right now. Um, imagine this. Okay. I talk to Terry all the time, meaning I talk to him 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, just me by myself. I don't let him speak. I don't let him say anything, which at times does happen, um, but no, seriously, like, I talk to him all the time, but I never allow him to talk to me. Do you really think, like, we would grow our connection if I, if I was just doing, if I was the one that was only talking, and I wasn't allowing him to do any talking? If it's, it's the same thing with us. If we begin to talk to someone, and if we begin to really connect with them, but we're doing the only ones that are talking, then we're never getting to learn more about who the other person is. We're never getting to learn more about what they believe. We're never getting to learn more about anything about them. And so I feel like the same thing applies to our spiritual lives as well. If we're not in constant communication with the Lord, if we're not seeking to hear from Him as much as we're praying to Him through our words— then it's never going to be a relationship that we begin to grow in. So turn with me to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. We're going to start in verse 7, I believe. So Jesus tells us here, he's preaching to his disciples on the, at the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, ask and it will be given to you. He says, to seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the ones who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door, the, the door will be open. Okay, so something that Pastor Jason's been preaching on for the last few weeks, it's really just began to stir within my heart, and I hope it's been stirring within your heart as well, is to pray to the Lord for our needs to pray that he supplies all of our needs and know that when we come to him in prayer, that he will. That the needs that I know that I need when I pray to him, 
that he'll fill me and he'll begin to give me those needs. And sometimes even the needs that I don't even know that I need, that when I come to him in prayer asking him for those needs, that he'll still do those because he knows exactly what I need, that he knows what I need even if I don't know what I need. So I feel like that's the first thing that and when we see asking, it will be given to you to ask the Lord for our needs, to ask him to supply us with peace, to ask him to supply us with joy, to ask him to supply us with whatever we might need to accomplish his will for our lives. So knowing that he will provide everything when I come to him, because his word is true, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Knowing when I ask that he will supply it to me. The second thing that I've really got from just this one verse right here, or one partial of that verse is this. It's a prayer to answer, it's a prayer to ask questions for answers. So the Lord wants to, desires us to talk to him. He desires, desires us to ask him questions. It can be anything. It can be anything that might be on our heart. It can be anything to ask him a question and come to him seeking an answer. So he tells us right here to ask and it will be given to you. So if, any, if something's on my heart to where I need to ask, if I feel like I need to ask him, then he tells me to ask him for his answers. But to also know, because I feel like a lot of times what we do is we say, we like to use it like this, ask and it will be given to you, but we kind of like to add a little bit and extend this period as, you des- as I desire. So we like to go ask and it will be given to you as you desire. That's what we kind of try sometimes to look at that verse and think. Like, okay, Lord, if I ask you for this, if I ask you for this desire that's, like, in my heart that, like, I really, really, really want, like, God, like, I really need this PS5 because it's going to, like, bring me so much joy. It's going to bring me so much happiness. You know, I'm asking for it, Lord. I know that's, like, that's what I need. God, I know that I need this relationship right now because it's going to just provide so much stability in my life that it's going to give me so much happiness. But rather, that's not what he's calling us to do. He says to ask, and it will be given to you. Not ask, and it will be given to you as you desire, but rather to ask, and it will be given to you, meaning that when I, when I come to him, it's, it's from a place of submitting to him, asking him to answer my prayers. To answer my prayers, not in the way in which I want him to answer, but rather in the way that I want him to to answer it from me, to seek for communication from him because I know that I live to serve him and not myself. And sometimes when we do this, when we, when we come to the Lord, when we pray to him, it's almost like we're unwilling to sometimes submit control. Like, okay, I'll just, I'll just be the first one to admit it. And mom is looking at me, shaking her head right now. I am a control freak, okay? Like, if nothing, if everything is like, if one thing is in misalignment, if everything is not perfect, then my mind just goes, Poof. like, I'm just, I'll admit, I, I like things to be in control. And like, so that's one thing that, like, I struggle with at times is submitting control to the Lord. To let him be the one that places the, pu- places the puzzle pieces in action and not myself trying to place it on my own. And so sometimes when we do this, when we come to a place of where we're, we're asking him to feel, fulfill our desires instead of fulfilling his, then sometimes when our desires don't turn out to the way that which we want them to, then we allow the enemy to come in and discourage us and fill this, our minds with some evil thought that says our prayers weren't answered, meaning that 
your prayers are useless. There's no reason in praying to the Lord. There's no reason in talking to him because he's not going to answer it anyways. So why even, why even waste your time doing it? Because if I'm not willing to submit control, if I'm not willing to submit to the Father and ask for his will for my life, then I'm basically saying that and allowing the enemy to come in when that plan that I wanted to happen, when that desire that I wanted to be fulfilled by myself happens. And so the verse goes on to tell us to do this. It says, to seek and you will find. So he tells us here to seek. One of my favorite words in this season and really throughout the last few months has been to seek, to search for with intent. Because ultimately, it's what we seek for that what we'll discover. So if I'm over here seeking the ways of the world, if I'm over here seeking to live like this way, to live in a way that doesn't bring honor to him, that is only lives in a way to fulfill the desires of my flesh, then that's, that's honestly what I'm going to be discovering. But rather, he tells us to seek him and you will find. So as I begin to seek the Lord, as I begin to be in communication with him, as I begin to open my ears to hear the Holy Spirit just come and give me the answer that he's given me, then I will be able to apply that answer to my life. And so sometimes we like to, we kind of like to, what's the word? We like to seek only when it's necessary to us meaning that we like to seek, but only, we kind of like to use prayers, sometimes try to use it as a negotiation. God, if you give me this, then I'll do this. God, if you give me what I want, if you give me my desire, then I'm going to do this for you. Brother, he's not telling us to do that. He's telling us to seek him, to seek his word, to seek to know more of him, and that that in doing that, we will find the answer to which he's given us. Now, sometimes when I pray, that answer is not going to come like that. That answer is not going to come as soon as I pray. As soon as I say amen, that answer is just not going to come. It's, it's just not. But rather, it's through praying, it's through knowing that he is faithful from generation to generation that he will give me that answer. Not in my timing, not exactly when I may want to, but knowing that he's going to give that answer in his timing because we know from his word that his timing is perfect. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a demonstration on how we discern the voice of the Holy Spirit from maybe the voice of our flesh. So imagine, imagine this. And I came across this, this demonstration uh, scrolling on Instagram. Instagram does wonders some, sometimes. Um, it was actually on IG Reels. Um, I said IG Reels, and some of your minds probably went to fishing. No. It's, it's a weird service. It's kind of like 15-second uh, videos. I don't know. We Generation Z people and millennials like to call everything different names. I mean, we call things Snapchat stories, Twitter spaces, Instagram stories. We can't just call things videos and images. It's so weird. Anyways, okay. So, I, I was scrolling across, and I came across this really good demonstration that I wanted to share with you. So imagine that you're blindfolded. Pretend like you just blindfold yourself. You just go that. Okay. So you line up 10 people. Let's just say there's 10 people from right there to right there. Remember, though, you're blindfolded. You cannot, be, you cannot see who it is. But imagine out of those 10 people, one of those is your best friend. 
One of those is someone who you know what their voice sounds like. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. You know exactly who they are as a person. You know the things that, you know, we, you know because you're in relationship with them, because you have connection with them. So imagine that out of these 10 people, one of them is your best friend, and none of the others are just random people that you just met off the street and just that you don't know. Okay, so, but you have a blindfold on. So as, let's just see, you line them up, and each person talks at a different, at their specific time. So the first person will talk, and then the second person says something, and the third and the fourth and the fifth, and so on. Now, in those ten people, you remember that one of them is your best friend. And at the end, you're asked to pick out the voice that was your best friend, that sounded exactly like their voice. And so you'll be able to, you'll be able to pick out that voice, if you're not a bad friend, um, you'll be able to pick out that voice because you know the tone of their voice, because you know how they speak, because you know the way in which they talk to you, and just everything about their voice because you're in communication with them all the time, that you're in connection with them throughout the day, throughout your lives, that you know everything there is to know about them because you're in that connection with them, because you're constantly seeking to talk to them, but also hear from them. And so the same thing is true within the way in our own lives with the Lord. And that as we begin to seek more of him, as we, be, as we begin to understand more of who he is in our lives, as we begin to understand more of his nature, and we just begin to seek a relationship with him to not only come to him, but also hear from him, the same thing is true in which when he's calling me, when, he's, when the Holy Spirit's telling me what to do, then I'll know that's from the Holy Spirit, and I'll, know, and I'll know that's not from my flesh. That I'll be able to discern what is true from what is not true. And so it's in this seeking that we're able to discover this relationship with the Lord that gives us the voice in which we're, we're able to hear and follow by. Because when we open up our, to seek more, we recognize the voice of the Spirit because it's not just a random number that's calling my phone. It's not just a random number that I'm not sure if I should pick up or not because it come in as a 10-digit number that I'm like, I don't know if I really should pick this up, so I'm just not going to answer it. But rather, when we begin to be in relationship with the Lord, when we seek more of Him, then that, then that number is already as a contact in my phone, meaning that it's already pinned, that as soon as he wants to talk to me, as soon as he wants to communicate with me, that I know I to pick it up right away because I know that he's got something important, important to say. And so that's, the, that's what I really believe, that we need to be people who are not only coming to the Lord in our communication, but also ready to hear from what he, for what he has to communicate with us. And so prayer opens us up to hear the Holy Spirit. Prayer opens us up to seek and desire his word. And the last thing that prayer does is this. Prayer opens our hearts to accomplish the Lord's will for our lives. If I had about another hour or two hours, I would probably just speak on this one. Um, how many of you know that we exist to obey the Lord's voice? That he's created us to act in obedience unto him. That we exist to obey all of what he's created us to do, that he created you, that he created me, that he created all of us in this room for this specific time, to live in this specific year, to live, to be in this specific place, to live in the year 2022, 
for sometimes where we might not know the reason, but we know there's a reason because he has a purpose for each and every one of us. My phone just went off. But sometimes when obedience, it might, hey, Lord. Oh, that'd be something. Anyways, sometimes because obedience is hard, we like to try to establish our own plans and our own purpose. Because I'll be honest, obedience is hard. It it is. But we know that through our obedience, that if we're being obedient unto him and obeying what he's called us to do, then that's what he's called us to do for him. And that's how we bring him honor, and that's how we bring him glory. You see, in my life, there's been so many times where I've tried to live according to my own plans, that I've tried to live according to my own purpose, and try to, in a sense put those plans and put the plans that I have control of and put the plans that I can put into action and maybe the plans that the Lord has for me that I can't see yet, I kind of just push those to the side. Meaning that if I can, if I can like construct my own plan and I can be the one in control of that, then that's the plan that I'm going to start to live by because I, be, I can be the one in control. It comes back to being able to submit control unto the Lord. And so sometimes when we create our own plans, when we create our own purpose that we want to live by, maybe because we haven't seen the purpose that the Lord has, has yet revealed to us, but also if he's revealed that purpose to us and we just think we're not good enough for it or there's no way that we can, we can do it, we, cr- we try to create our own plans. And so so many times in my life, I'll admit, I've done this to where I've created my own plans. Like, God, you know, that, that's great that you have this for me, but I feel like I can do it better. I feel like I can create this plan for myself. So, but when I do that, one of two or one of three things happens. First thing is this. That plan isn't going to work out at all, no matter how much I still pursue it. So I can say to myself that I want to be the best singer. Like, I want to sing one day like George Strait. Like, I want to sing, and that won't ever happen. Like, I want to sing like Chandler Moore. Like, I want to just be this great singer. Okay, I can go sign up for lessons. I can go put all this money into singing lessons to just, I can study 23 hours a day and hear and sing, but I'm never going to be able to sing like that. I'm never going to be able to have that voice because that wasn't the purpose that he gave me in the first place. That wasn't the plan that he had for my life. No matter how much I still try, no matter how much I put into it, then that's not the purpose that he had, so it's not the purpose that's going to be fulfilled. And so the second thing that if we follow our plans that we make does is this, that when we follow our plans without first consulting with the Lord, when we follow our plans without letting him establish those same plans, when we let, him, when we let us be the ones who are in control of it, then it, that those plans might seem like they're going to work at first. They might seem like, you know, this is going to work. Like, this is the plan I have for me, and it's really, it's really, really working. But later down the road, it's often going to just lead to more confusion, and it's often just going to lead to more pain that could have been avoided had I abided in the plan the Lord had for me in the first place. Um, I'll just share with you. Like, I wasn't really even supposed to be on this stage. If it was my plan, what time is it? I'd probably be sitting in my bed right now at Rushing Hall watching Netflix doing something at Troy University. I just would. That, that was my plan. Like, that was the plan that I had set out for myself. That was the plan that I had worked for to, to go to Troy. But rather, it's through when 
we begin to seek more of the Lord, when we begin to have a deeper relationship with him and to communicate with him, that we allow him to establish our plans because we're open to hearing the plans that he has for us because his voice is speaking to us. So that was something that, you know, obedience to that in of itself to give up everything to Troy, I'm not going to lie, it was hard. It was hard to give up everything that you had worked for for, an, for a year, two years, taking the ACT seven times. Do not recommend that um, at all. Andy, never take the ACT seven times. Okay, so, but to give all that up, but to know that being obedient to him, that that's the thing that he's called me to do. That being obedient to him gives him control over my life. I think Pastor Al, uh, well, you, you, you all know him, um, but for those who don't, he's a pastor down in Flomaton. He said this at, uh, let's see, merger. He said this at Kids Quest last year, and it really has just stuck with me, and it, I, mom can tell you, I have like kind of sticky notes at the house where like beside my bed, I write like post-it notes of just sayings and quotes and scriptures just to have like beside my bed. And he said this, and it really just, as soon as he said it, it stuck home with me. He said, I am responsible for the consequences of my disobedience, but God is responsible for the consequences of my obedience. So I'm, when I disobey the Lord, when I do not act in obedience to him, then those consequences are not, are not from him, but they're rather from me because I acted in dis- disobedience. I didn't follow the plan that he had for my life. But rather, when I act in obedience, when I act in the way that he's called me to be obedient to him, then those, then those consequences that he has will be consequences that, and ones that he blesses. That he, he blesses me because I was obedient to him. And it's not, it's, not, it's not something in which he blesses me in the ways in which I want him to bless me, but rather he blesses in the ways in which he has set before me. And so... Prayer opens our hearts to fill with what he desires for us. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37, and we'll close. Um, and I'll put a little disclaimer on that. i got to give credit to Miss Tara Bethay, because uh, if I didn't, she's already gotten on to me this one time, but she actually instilled that into him. So Miss Tara, thank you. Um, I don't want to get, I don't want, I want you to get on to me. <laughs> but, um, okay, so Psalm 37 says this. David says to take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. He says to commit your way to the Lord, to trust in him, and he will act. So to take delight in the Lord, to seek more of him, to communicate with him, to long to understand what his word says, to apply it to my life, to really just give myself to the Lord. And what will he do? He will give you your heart's desires. Now, this doesn't mean that he'll give you everything that, like, when I come to him, like, he's going to give everything that I want. But rather, when I, when I take delight in him, that he will give your heart his desires. Meaning that he won't give me, like, everything that's, like, in my will. And, like, when I come to him and I ask him, like, to do it in, like, my desires. And when I ask, like, Lord, give me this and this and this and this. But if it's not in agreement with his will, if it's not in agreement with what he has set before me, then it's not going to be what he gives me because he knows what I need. But rather, taking delight in the Lord 
gives our hearts what he desires for us. Meaning, meaning that, the, the, that the desires that we have begin to be ones that are replaced with the, with the desires that he has for us. He says to commit your way to the Lord. So to commit our way to the Lord with the desires that he's given us. To commit our way to take delight in him, to understand more of him, to spend time with him, to communicate with him, to be in that constant communication to where I'm praying to him, but I'm also hearing his voice. To trust in him, to have faith in him, and he will act. And so when those desires begin to be ones in my heart, then those desires begin to be the ones that I pray for. You see, 1 John five fourteen tells us that this is the confidence we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have whatever we know that we have what we have asked of him. So when we begin to ask him, coming from a place of the desires that he's given us, then he'll we know that he'll give us what he desires for us because we know that that's what he knows that we need. That we begin to understand that the, that the desires that he has, because of the same, they're the same desires in our hearts, begin to be the ones that we pray, that we know he'll supply. Because, as his word says, if we ask anything according to his will, when his desires become mine, when I seek him and I allow those desires to be the ones that be present in my heart, then he hears our prayers. Then he hears everything that we're praying unto him. And he fills our hearts with what we need to accomplish his will in our life. So prayer does these three things. Among other things, prayer opens our hearts up to desiring and seeking his word. That prayer opens our ears to hear the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is prayer opens our hearts to accomplish the Lord's will for our lives. Um, in this year, I really feel and believe that the Lord's just calling us to go deeper in our prayers and to go deeper in communication with him. Um, just to have communication all throughout the day. To have communication and to know that I'm able to come to him whenever. To, I think 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us to continually pray without ceasing. To know that I'm able to come to him whenever. It doesn't matter what situation I'm in. It doesn't matter where I am. Knowing that he's with me and knowing that I'm able to always, always have someone to talk to. That the Lord's the only person in which I'm able to constantly have 24-7 talking to him. And so having constant communication with the Lord begins to not only change our lives, but it just begins to allow our relationship with him to grow more. Um, so constant communication. Let's be a people who pray to him in the morning, pray to him in the evening, pray to him whenever we feel like it because it's through our prayers that we just begin to grow in our relationship with him so i'm gonna drink my water and we're gonna pray so let's pray dear lord we come to you today just a people longing to god just seek more of you God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. God, we thank you for allowing us just to be here this morning. We thank you for everything that you've given us. Lord, your mercy 
and your grace. Your mercies that are new each and every single day. God, we thank you for all of these things. God, we come to you today a people longing to seek you more in prayer. God, longing to communicate with you. To just have communication with you in any time of our lives. In any time of our day, knowing that we're able to come to you. God, that through our prayers, that you hear them. God, that you hear our prayers that we're praying to you, but you also want to communicate to us. And so we pray that we just open our our hearts, that we open up our minds to just hear what you have for us. God, that we open up everything that we have just to hear what you've commanded us to do. God, I pray that we just be a people who long to seek your word. God, that we hide your word in our heart, that we not only be hearers of your word, but we we be doers of your word. God, that we just be people who apply your word to every situation, and that we just begin to be people who serve, who love, who have patience, who have joy, who hold true to your teachings. God, I pray that we just hear your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we know that through our communication, God, you seek to communicate with us, that you seek to place communication and give us what your word is. So, Lord, I just pray that we just open up our hearts through our prayers to not only just pray to you, God, but also to hear you, to hear everything that you've called us to do, to hear the answers that you so long to answer. God, I pray that these answers not be ones that we've already predecided on our own, God, but we'd rather just open up our hearts to hear your answer. Lord, I pray that we just be people who hear the Holy Spirit, who know that you're with us, that you will never leave us, God, that you'll never forsake us. Lord, I pray that we just be a people who long to accomplish your will. God, that we don't live for ourselves, that we don't live for whatever fleshly desire that we may have, but rather we live to accomplish your will. God, we live to obey you. That We live to be obedient to what you've called us to do and how you've called us to live and in the manner in which you've called us to live, to act as people who are your, your children. So, Lord, I pray that in this year we just begin to seek you more, that we just begin to pray to you and communicate with you in every instance that we have and know that you hear our prayers and you desire this communication with us. God, I pray that we just have this constant communication, that we never lose sight of it, and that we always, always take the chance to communicate with you and let you communicate with us. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for allowing us to come into this place. I pray that throughout this week, God, we just be a people who pray more, that we seek more, that we begin to understand more of your love for us. And in this week, we just not only pray, God, but we hear, that we hear everything that you've given, that we hear what you give to us, and we hear the answers in which you desire to give to us, Lord. I pray this in your most precious son's name, I pray. Amen. Well, oh, that was loud. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, I'm so glad that I was able to give you this word today. Um, just throughout this week, just remain seeking the Lord. Just spend time with Him. Just spend time with Him in prayer. Just begin to spend time to know and long to know for more of Him. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that you're able to come. I'm glad that all, all of you were able to come. Um, I'm especially thankful for technology. Um, and throughout this week, too, let's just continually be in prayer for those who are sick and who are going through sickness. And let's just pray the Lord's healing touch upon them and just to heal their bodies. Um, 
so yeah, I'm thankful for the word the Lord gave today, and I'll see you all see you all here next Sunday.